2: Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. This episode is going to be real sexy. Travis Irvine just put some chapstick on his lips. He's glistening, folks. He looks exactly like Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend. Ooh, what a beautiful <laughs> man in a dress. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to discuss who's running for president and who is funding them. We'll also tell you a little bit about Disney and DeSantis. The fight continues. Guys, can we just please relax and let Goofy smile again? <laughs> Plus, much, much more. Next episode, we will be discussing a landmark abortion pill case. That is going to be heard in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans. Hopefully, uh, by the time that we record next Episode, which will be on Wednesday, we'll have a little bit of information on that. We'll also discuss North Carolina's basic outright abortion ban. But before we get to all of that, let's start with why the hell are these people in office? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Let's Which just one? begin with <laughs> Diane Feinstein. Oh, okay, This oh, is boy, one yeah. of those cases. Diane Feinstein, for those that don't know, if you've listened to our Richard Ramirez episodes that we did way back in the day, she almost blew that case for the San Francisco PD when she mentioned the shoe that Richard Ramirez was wearing. They were like, please don't mention this crucial piece of evidence because, you know, all you got to do is change shoes. And then next thing you know, <laughs> the cops are out of a lead. She has been uh, the forefront of just mediocre politicians for so freaking long. She's 89 years old now. And I'm sick and tired. I don't have any more empathy or sympathy. Get out of office. What are you ah. doing? She doesn't even know if she's there or not. That's not hyperbole. It's just the truth. Whoa. We're going to play a clip here. Uh, there's a news anchor that leads it in. He does a new classic news anchor. F- <laughs> fantastic job. A reporter ask Diane Feinstein about where she's been and what has she been up to? Has she been hanging out uh, in a rehab facility next to a character from Breaking Bad? Ooh. She can't answer the question. She'll tell you where she's been, Ben. But she's wrong. And <laughs> I don't know at what point is this. I'm not even joking. At what point is it right. elder abuse? Like, at what right. point is it just uh. like because you know right. she's got a she's got her squad mm-hmm. she has her team she mm-hmm. has her lifelong appointees who have been with her since day one they want to keep their jobs at what point does weekend at Bernie's just turn into fraud right, right. Uh-huh. why is she there anyway we have a lot to get to let's just start with Diane Feinstein not being able to answer the question literally of where have you been no I haven't been gone okay um, you should follow me. I haven't been going. I've been working.
3: Mm-hmm. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. Um, I've been voting. Although South Bay Congressman Ro Khanna has called for Feinstein to resign, most of the senators California, the
2: senators California colleagues are not saying anything about the exchange and no one in the Senate has publicly called for her resignation. There we go. And of course, Roy Khanna, which is a name for some reason, I can't say simply because it reminds me of the weed edible Kana, which might be good for his brand. He wants to fill that Senate seat. Potentially, he uh, I believe it's uh, Katie Porter. And then obviously, we also have Adam Schiff, who are looking at Feinstein the same way that Prince Charles, now King, looked at his aging mother and just be like, why won't oh, no, you wait. die? He's like a veto oh. and throw mama from the train. They all just want her gone. But apparently they feel as if it would be classless to recommend that she vacate a seat that she is currently vacating her bowels in because she has no more control over her entire system. (laughs) This is why the American people are so upset and annoyed with everyone in political power who has political power for this amount of time. What is she doing? Yeah.
4: Why is she still there? Well, also, it's so crazy. She has been gone. I just love her. I mean, it was such a confident answer. I was almost like, yeah, she's been there. She's been voting. What's this guy talking about? And then it's like, no, none of that is actually true.
2: And when you're a reporter and you're like, ma'am, ma'am, I know Mm -hmm. that you haven't been here. It's been highly publicized that you got a case of the shingles, which she must have the worst case of the shingles I have ever seen. It's supposed to be really painful. It is supposed to be painful. And again, that's why I am asking Everyone around her, let her go to sleep. Just let her go in the pasture. Let her (laughs) graze with the cows. (laughs) If you work for her, you know what you're doing. She doesn't know she's she doesn't know she's a senator. Therefore, again, how can she stay in office? These people that are aiding and abetting her, they're they're nasty. You're, okay right.
3: so before now I kind of was just okay she's just sticking to it she doesn't want to give up but yeah. after this clip and really goes off of what you're saying Ben they're just weakened at Bernie's hurt really because have. she was like she was like oh I'm not feeling well I'm going to miss work and they're like no you haven't missed work at all not well, at all I, was, I don't I don't even think it's her staff she's weakened at
4: Bernie herself it's almost <laughs> like Bernie is just like no I'm not dead I'm not dead like he's just got a tape recorder in his pocket that just says I'm not dead but I'm still so <laughs> alive and he keeps on going because her staff remember they threw uh. her a a retirement party that is true months ago and she seems i go she probably doesn't remember that either no she my favorite my favorite part of this pushback with the reporter um because the clip does go on for a little bit longer than they played it there on that local news but she says the reporter's like if you don't know then you don't know and it's just i don't know and she doesn't know exactly
2: It's like the movie uh, Dream Team where the group of people that are elderly and basically insane escape the asylum, but one won a Senate seat. And again, this is a time we're having debt ceiling conversations, which we'll get into next week or next episode as well. Personally, it makes my eyes bleed. And the fact that it's a political wedge issue is disgusting in every sense of the word. But we do have some information on that. Her role is as one of the hundred most powerful people in the country. Therefore, one of the most 100 powerful people in the world. Mm -hmm. Far too important for it to be run by someone who doesn't even know when they're on vacation in a hospital or sitting in the Senate. Well, if you don't know, Ben, you don't know. I don't know. Well, speaking of don't know, and there's no excuse for this woman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She again, I don't recall. She also doesn't recall all these all these (laughs) elected officials are really good at not remembering stuff. In Diane's defense, she doesn't recall. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was like, I'm going to say I don't recall. Is it, I it recall. I think she does recall. But apparently she doesn't recall when her boyfriend dressed up in drag during the Dallas Morning News. Oh, boy. Again, no problem. Dress up in drag. Have fun. Tongue in cheek. It's a little funky. It's a little fun here at Dallas in the morning. We like to have a little good time. <laughs> right. It's only ridiculous because the Congresswoman has pushed legislation banning drag shows. She has argued that drag performances should be banned for children. Hmm. I wonder if there was any kids watching the news with their parents at seven o'clock in In the the morning morning before they went to school. (laughs) Probably have. Green explained on Twitter that her boyfriend quote, dressed in drag for morning news in Dallas years ago, reported on an upcoming local theater production and the morons over at Patriot takes, which I don't know what the (laughs) hell that is. Think this is an attack? Again, it's only an attack because of the unbelievable stupidity that has been the entire political career of Marjorie Taylor Greene. She talks about how Um, children are being traumatized by drag performances. She cited an example that wasn't real. She says, what's the difference in children stuffing cash in a drag queen's bra and a stripper's bra? Nothing. It's wrong. And it's indoctrination. Also, teach your kids to tip. There's nothing wrong with tipping the stripper or the drag performer. Everyone needs a little cash these days. So we have the sound from her Boo, who looks a little bit Giuliani-esque. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. It's <laughs> he's, not good. He's got not a good. bit of a, uh, is it Edna? Uh, Ed, Dame, Dame Edna. Dame he, Edna. Yeah, He's got a bit of really a Dame does. Edna vibe going. Mm. And again, the smile on his face, you can't see it, but if you go and it's a New York Post article here, uh, if you see the smile on this man's face, he seems liberated. He seems so happy. And as a matter of fact, at the end of this very short clip, he mentions how he might keep the tights. This was for a play. <laughs> the name of the play was a tuna Christmas, hmm. a tuna Ooh. Christmas. Huh. So who doesn't love that? Uh, it was going to open at the Casa Minata, which means the house of tomorrow. Yeah. yeah it's a theater, okay. I guess, whatever. <laughs> so it's a Dallas theater. And let's just play Brian Glenn, a man so masculine. He was named with two first names. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed up in a dress, living his best freaking life. I, I can tell you, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people are up now. They're all hashtag I am up. Of course, come and check it out here. Starts off on Saturday. I'm kicking these shoes off, but I may keep the pantyhose on. It does yeah. feel kind of good. Well, actually, I'm not gonna pee in them. I promise. Sitting back in the studio. Oh wow! <laughs> all right. Well, he's not oh, gonna boy. pee in his pantyhose. And again, the irony of that entire clip is he mm-hmm. was discussing, I believe, children watching the show. Which is pretty amazing, again, how they found each other. They say opposites attract. She <laughs> oh, wants to kill yes. all drag queens. Her husband or her boyfriend is <laughs> a drag queen. <laughs> he would love to do it more than just once. Brilliant. And we're only doing it for the lulls because there's the tuna Christmas is coming to town at the Casa Manana. Right. So what if we dress up in dresses this time? You know that movie Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman? What if it's like that, but I never change out of the dress? Oh my I, might keep the, I might keep the tights, though. I won't shit in them, though.
4: <laughs> I mean, the more offensive thing is that it's called a tuna Christmas. Tuna fish has nothing to do with
2: Christmas. It <laughs> never it? be served. No, now I would push back a little bit. Tuna and tuna fish. Yes, obviously tuna is a fish, but obviously tuna is a fish. However, tuna fish is a different cuisine than your tuna. Oh well and you gotta mix the okay. mayonnaise with it. Okay. You oh, mean like tuna salad? You have tuna salad. No one eats tuna fish. When you think of t- well, hey, what? We yeah. can we do- tuna, we can tuna the entire. have you no, never had sushi? But you don't call it tuna fish. You call it tuna. Okay, okay. This okay. is gonna be the hottest <laughs> debate of the year. You tuna call fish. it tuna if you went in- to and you were like, Can I have a sushimi tuna fish? Yeah, you're, okay. I see what you're Thank saying. Thank you.
3: <laughs> okay,
2: yes, I won one.
4: No, you didn't win. You didn't win anything. I said one I won, guy I His said, name's hey, Fernando. No, well, I know. I won but all it's the just, listeners, to there's three,
2: and right in. This is the perfect democracy. It's three people. Obviously, I agree with myself, and then Fernando agreed with me. So you're out. You've been <laughs> yeah, gerrymandered you, out of here.
4: No, I'm the judiciary. I'm the guy you're who not, interprets, I, and your interpretation of tuna and tuna fish is incorrect. I rule. Can, we move, to judgment. Can we move on? Fish is
3: superfluous. Fish is superfluous. When you say tuna, you uh, you assume you know what you mean. When you there say you tuna go. salad, then you're specifying. It's precision tuna of language. Fish salad. Okay. Precision Continue, of
2: Fernando. Drag. Marjorie Taylor Green. Hypocrite.
3: It's it's okay. The thing is that they don't. I don't think they truly see themselves as hypocrites because when when say I identified as a person who was drag or a person who wanted to transition and then started dressing in my preferred gender or my gender of expression. I'm doing something for my better. I'm doing something like for life to like better my life. What he is doing, what Mr. Glenn is doing, whatever his is. Li- his his death, name is Brian Glenn. What Mr. Glenn is doing is he's mocking it. Do you kind of see what I'm Do you saying? Think so, yeah. And that's what I kind of see about whenever you uh, why Marjorie Taylor Greene calls these people morons, because she doesn't see what he's doing as drag. He sees it. It was he's doing as like like kind of like theater, which is it, which this, is drag. W- yes. But does it make sense? Kind of what? Good. Yes, well, no, i It to
4: of what we said about the Tennessee governor when they found pictures of him in high school doing drag. It's OK for straight people to do drag in these Republicans minds because I'm A- mocking M- them because, M- yeah, MTG thinks it's OK because he's now her boyfriend. But they don't like it when gay people do drag. And that's where they find it offensive to kids.
2: Well, we have no idea what is uh, in this man's closet, including his sexuality. But uh, perhaps that is a solid point in a way. It's almost uh, offensive on its face. Uh, yeah, exactly. However, I really do think that he thought it was fun. Yeah, and it, and that, I because mean the- uh, I don't this. Drag was never a thing, issue. Was it an issue when we were growing up? No. I just felt like people would like tongue in cheek dress up sometimes like opposite gender day. People used to do that at schools like all the but, time. And it was but, like fun.
3: It It's not unless you are gay. And then why are you dressing that way? Well, and, and obvious, you see, and sure, that's what sure. I think. I think that's really what the kind of the point is. It's about. They they are trying not to dog whistle, but they are just dog whistling identity politics.
2: And of course, and of course, in the with the backdrop of the legislation, the anti-drag legislation that's being passed all over this country, multiple states have started to ban shows as we saw neo-Nazis decided to appear uh, rock hard as they were watching the drag (laughs) performance in Ohio. (laughs) And then we also have a federal judge that ruled last week that the Harrison County School Board, this is in Mississippi can prohibit a 17-year-old girl who is transgender from attending her graduation unless she dresses in the attire designated for the boys. Making a mountain out of a molehill. Just let them walk. Who cares? It's their graduation. They're the ones who put all the work in. They're the ones who got the test. They're the ones who passed the classes, uh, who took the test and passed the classes. Who gives a flying F? What is going on here? Again, mountain out of a molehill. In the state of Mississippi, just judging from the Brett Favre scandal alone has a lot more to worry about.
4: Yeah, and objectively, everyone's wearing graduation gowns. Everyone's wearing a gown. They're all doing drag. Just (laughs) let them wear the gown.
2: Yeah, I don't wear any underwear under my gown. (laughs) Let the undercarriage breathe. All right. So a little bit humorous, but also slightly also serious in the sense, again, of government overreach. And these uh, particularly Republican led state houses going fucking batshit insane over the idea that someone has a the wrong cut of corduroy. What does it matter? What about the uh, what about the kilt? Bring the kilt back. People, I mean, LeBron James wore one of those funny little kilts. People made fun of him. But what are you going to say to his face for fuck's sake? I mean, <laughs> no, he's a six foot seven, eight buff ass dude, six foot seven. Uh, anyway, we'll move on.
0: VR training platforms like the one
1: developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: Let's discuss who's running for president as we know. We have Governor Brian Kemp. He is out of Georgia. He has again, he had a massive retreat recently. That was in Sea Island, Georgia. The event raised $1.2 million. Follow the money who is financing these people and you will know where their policies will end up going and where they currently lie. We have also heard quite a bit from Tim Scott lately. As a matter of fact, Politico wrote an article, 55 Things You Need to Know, about tim scott oh, no. which is like a lot <laughs> i don't need many. to know 55 things about any president <laughs> i want to know like two <laughs> things and that's about it so billionaire oracle founder oracle of course kind of reminiscent of uh of the fantastic film starring keanu reeves the matrix mm, ooh. billionaire oracle co-founder larry ellison is getting ready to spend millions upon millions of dollars For Tim Scott right now, my understanding from the articles I've read is Tim Scott is attempting to position himself staunchly uh, pro-life, completely anti-choice from any uh, perspective. And then he wants that to coincide with this. I'm a nice guy type image, Mm -hmm. kind of going the John Kasich route again, socially, when it comes to his social conservatism, more socially conservative than John Kasich. Perhaps he saw that and said it wasn't the nice angle that Kasich had. It was that he wasn't going far enough to uh, placate that extreme hard right, evangelical, turning into potentially neo-Nazi-esque party wing of the Republican Party. So perhaps Tim Scott is like, I'm going to go socially very, very hard to the right, Mm. but I'm just going to be a nice guy. Right. And we'll see again if he can fill Uh, a unique lane. Obviously he is a South Carolina Republican. Uh, He has received many accolades, including from uh, Elon Musk said he might support him. Ellison, again, going back to this billionaire, he's a tech executive. He has now given $30 million to a pro Scott super PAC. And that began in 2022. Mm. So, This is according to a Republican strategist and fundraiser close to Ellison. They say they uh, attended a super PAC meeting, Uh, the uh, the super PAC then during the midterms backed Scott and spent millions more for other Republicans running for Senate seats, including just under two million dollars to Herschel Walker. So it's only the best of the best of the best (laughs) that Ellison is supporting. According to the nonpartisan group Open Secrets, the Opportunity Matters Fund Pack has been rebranded for Scott's White House, for Scott Tim Scott, that is, for his White House run, and the new name is Trust in the Mission Pack or Tim Pack. Hmm. So, oh, that's fun. good. That's good. Fun. <laughs> yes. Fun acronym. Fun. fun acronym. Ellison is the Peter Thiel to Tim Scott, as of course, fucking shit. Ellison is the Peter Thiel. Obviously, as Peter Thiel helped out J.D. Vance, Mm -hmm. got himself a senator that he Mm -hmm. has bought and sold. And Ellison, I suppose, sees himself uh, as potentially one-upping Mr. Thiel by getting himself a president in office.
3: And it's not just just that guy. Uh, Oracle, by the way, is Oracle Corp. They're the guys who made Java. So all the stuff on oh, the internet, all the stuff right. on your iPhone, on your that's, that's Java, that's Oracle. Just so you know how big this guy is. But he's also got uh, coach industries and he's got new balance. So he's got oh. money. He's got money coming from a and lot you of know
2: what? very big names. Now that I think about it, Tim Scott is the new balance of politicians. Steady, oh. competent. Socially conservative. <laughs> Alive and well.
4: <laughs> Alive and okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it is interesting to see Tim Scott. You're right. He's not portraying himself as a moderate, but he's doing that whole positive energy i guess almost a marianne yeah. williamson if you will because that's his even his opening campaign speech when he kicked it off he spelled it out he grew up in a poor family in a right. single parent household yada 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 he becomes the only black republican senator in the entire u.s senate and mm-hmm. so i think he's going to try to harness that positivity but then when you balance it with the more general socially conservative policies no abortions whatsoever How does that do in a primary versus how would that do potentially in a general?
2: And then, of course, naturally, when it comes to foreign policy, which is something the president deals with extensively, Ellison admires Scott's great love for Israel, kind of going back again to that evangelical base that love the state of Israel Uh, Theoretically, I think they want to see it overthrown and then Jesus comes back and there's a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) when it comes to that. However, will this money move the needle right now? Polling shows Tim Scott at one percent of primary support. He is, again, as I said, out of South Carolina. If he was a Democrat, perhaps a state that would really be crucial. But as uh, Republicans, perhaps not as needed for a primary within the Republican Party, given that it tends to lean, well, that it is very, very red. In the state, uh, Trump is leading the poll. This is in South Carolina with 61%. Oh, wow. So he has an (laughs) uphill battle in his home state, and we'll see if the $30 million from this billionaire, and that's just one of the billionaires, again, Elon Musk also backing Scott. We'll see if that money moves the needle at all. Trump even had good things to
3: say about Tim Scott. So- you know, that's crazy to me. He said, uh, well, it,
2: I think that means he's not scared. At all, exactly. Which exactly. is uh, when Trump says nice things, you're like, oh, you don't, you're not scared of me at all. And he, <laughs> right. he said
3: that Tim is a big step up from Ron DeSanctimonious. So oh, I guess okay. I guess in the in, in, in some way for the Republican Party, that could be a compliment, though. You know,
4: right. Well, yeah. and, you know, you almost think that, again, like a Tim Scott or a Nikki Haley, both of them from South Carolina. Could potentially work as a running mate with Trump this time around as opposed to Mike Pence and maybe that's what maybe that's why Trump in the back of his mind is like, you know Tim Scott he's a great guy he'd look great in a vice presidential suit
2: Trump Scott could be uh, again if you want to learn more about uh, Tim Scott, you can go to Politico 55 things you need to know about wow. Tim Scott um for example, number 20 uh, he geez. got braces for his buck teeth.
4: Why do I need to know this? Isn't that
2: important? (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. He sold
3: insurance. (laughs) Uh, Oh, wow. He had a job. I had a job, too, Ben. (laughs) Yeah, you did? I went to the dentist before, too, Ben. Uh, I hate uh hate this.
4: I hate this already.
2: (laughs) Indeed. I found Uh, out
4: two things. I'm already sick of the guy.
2: (laughs) Well, in 2010, uh, he ran with the Tea Party, beating in the primary. Uh, I actually kind of like this about him. He beat Strom Thurmond's son. In a uh, primary, uh, that was in 2010. Cool. Strom Thurmond, one of the most racist people to ever hold office, despite, of course, having a black child out of wedlock, which is true. It's not a yes. John McCain, it's Carl right, Rove right. myth. Uh, the fact that Strom Thurmond was damn near 100 years old right. before, I believe, he died in office or sh- shortly thereafter. Again, these people have just got to <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah, he um, pulled a Diane Feinstein, but like times two. And in his... In his victories. So, for example, in 2015, in 2014, Tim Scott won with 61 percent of the vote. So it is interesting that he isn't uh, polling very high at all. Perhaps it is just name recognition. He's never been married. So do we have Uh-oh. ourselves a couple of boys <laughs> oh, from South oh Carolina? Oh, They're just no. bachelors. They're bachelors. Along, he's Along a roommate. Lindsay, he's hey, a roommate. it's
4: me, Lindsay Ham and y'all. Hey, me and
2: Tim, we're going to go have a, a special senator retreat. Y'all should come. He's my roommate. Uh, well, before you make fun of him, he has also received a lot of racist emails. Uh, so there you go. As yeah. you can imagine, obviously, uh, that would happen. And there's nothing appropriate about that from either side. This is why it is very difficult. Uh, to be black in America, because uh, God forbid, you know, once the sometimes liberals will say horrible, horrible things to a black Republican. Uh, and again, you can't say that thing. Don't say those things based upon race. Anyway, that's what he says. He's like, I've been called the N word by Republicans and by liberals. So uh, you know, he's had a history, and of course, that will matter. His history and his um, his story. Will it resonate with the American voters? Who knows? As again, DeSantis continues to slide and Trump just continues to polarize. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit. Let's discuss uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. (laughs) So Robert Kennedy Jr., I've mentioned uh, how I watched his father's final speech at the ambassador hotel recently on youtube such a good speech it was really good it was like amazing i got it for the first time the kennedy effect like he was so pro union and it was really diverse and but like in the best possible way it didn't seem like it was just pandering yeah so perhaps at some point robert f kennedy does get a little bit of time to um express himself my friend had watched a speech with him he gave a two-hour presentation Interestingly enough, he Robert Kennedy said he is vaxed, but then his entire thing, there's a lot of anti-vax rhetoric as well that comes from him and uh, and his ilk. So I, I I don't know. We'll have to give him a listen, but he's definitely serious as he has ex-Cleveland mayor Dennis Kucinich now to manage his campaign. Do you think the name I, I, as I've been thinking about this more, is this the time where people are really looking to the past and mm-hmm. they see that Kennedy even though Robert F. Kennedy Jr. isn't, he's n- not his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he holds the charisma of his, uh, what is it, his uncle in John F. Kennedy. But I, I don't know, Do does, does the Kennedy name help? Because it hasn't helped any of the other Kennedys uh, thus far, mm-hmm. other than getting away with murder. <laughs>
4: well, sure, yes, right. Well, and don't forget there is the younger Kennedy, the ginger Kennedy I believe his name is also Joseph, who was congressman in yes. Massachusetts. He did try to primary Ed Markley uh, for a Senate in Massachusetts, and that did not work. So the Kennedy name, even in Massachusetts, doesn't always work. Especially if you're running against a beloved progressive like Senator Markley. But with Robert F. Kennedy's case, it is interesting. He's known Dennis Kucinich. They go back like 30 plus years. And that is why, you know, Dennis Kucinich, he had those long shot runs for president back in 2004, Mm -hmm. 2008. But he was very steadfast in his opposition to the Iraq war in both of those campaigns. And Mm -hmm. again, I think just judging from a lot of Kucinich's rhetoric, and even Kennedy's rhetoric, I think that's going to be their tact. They're going to say mm. Biden is too corporate, he's too centrist, he's right of center at best, mm-hmm. and they're going to try to appeal to the progressives, um, you know, because there is this weird Venn diagram of libertarians, the Alex Jonesers and the anti-vaxxers, like even Jill Stein was an anti-vaxxer in right. a lot of ways. So you got to wonder if anti-war, anti-vax, that could tact and start to pull in some progressives but where, it would be my question, since the primaries are pretty much going to be rigged yeah. for Biden.
2: And to get off the, the vax thing, because it's so unbelievably loaded. And obviously, you know, vaccines have done some really great work yeah. uh, when it comes <laughs> to helping us no longer have spina bifida every day. Um, right. I'm not sure if there is a vax for that, but you know what I'm talking about. You take B12. Um, does that <laughs> narrative of RFK Jr., it's so strong uh, mm-hmm. and every, but of course that's just one issue, right? And if every, what if he's gangbusters, so if one, someone might agree with him on that and then disagree with everything else and vice versa. I wonder what, how they're going to unfurl his platform in a way that'll be able to sort of negate what is the first thing that people come up with in their head is like, oh, isn't he a conspiracy theorist about Vax? Whether that be true or not, that's the first thing people think. How much millions and millions and millions of dollars does it take to reverse that thinking?
4: Right. And which is a shame too because before the anti-vax stuff started to come around certainly in the last few years uh post-COVID, Robert F Kennedy Jr was known for being a top environmental lawyer. Right. That's uh, his main environmental. Thing. That was the thing I always knew him yeah. for and what his previous books and and speeches and everything were about. So it's again, yes, you're absolutely right. How's he has he walked that line of he's he's comes from a good family. Depending on who you ask. Right. Um, and of course, he's done a lot of good things for good causes like the environment. The question is, which Robert F. Kennedy Jr. are people going to get in 2024? Yeah.
2: And then what's the media coverage going to be like as well? Mm. Are they going to yeah. give him an hour during a CNN town hall? Right. Does right. he get that? Right. Probably not. I, I I haven't seen it. He it is literally he is polling second to Joe Biden. Yes. Uh, uh, there's a big there's a big gap. But he's in the 30%. He's in like 30%. You know, oh, wow. he's doing just as well as DeSantis is. DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis. Everyone's fucking talking about him. My little right. brother just bought a shirt that said, don't say DeSantis with the pride flag on it. thought it was kind of cute. That's funny. But why isn't <laughs> RFK Jr. getting any more press? I mean, obviously we have an incumbent in Joe, but holy hell, it's not a strong. Uh, this The the love of Biden is not nearly, it's not strong. Exactly. It's It's, it's almost like necessary.
3: Exactly. And that's exactly I think it's very foolish for Joe Biden and the Joe Biden camp to completely ignore Kennedy and to see him as a joke and any of that. It's foolish. Well, look because, what happened with Hillary and Bernie. Exactly. Like right, that's, right, right. It's totally
2: lining up that it, way. Isn't that's, it? And
3: remember what I said before is the Democratic is Joe going to see Kennedy as a threat and then cut his own knees to try to stop Joe and then end up giving it to Trump again or DeSantis or oh, giving it to a Republican just because they don't want the other Democrat. And that's what happens if you don't, if Joe doesn't consider, uh, I mean, yeah, if Mr. Biden doesn't consider Mr. Kennedy a threat.
2: I would be surprised right. if they went scorched earth primary,
4: but you never know. Well, yeah, you never know. But also, let's keep in mind, because those polling numbers, I had not heard those. Um, That's honestly more than I thought he would get. I wonder how poor Marianne is doing. More positive vibes, Marianne. You'll get up there. But (laughs) you got to think just from, again, we've talked about the enthusiasm factor for Joe Biden. It's so bad that so many Democrats don't want him to run again. And so maybe that's where a lot of Robert F. Kennedy's numbers are coming from, where it's literally in polling we are like, do you like Biden or do you like this other guy? And everyone's just going to say other guy for now, as opposed Mm -hmm. to what Trump and DeSantis are facing the anti-Trump people within the Republican Party now are getting every day, every week, more and more options. So it's just going to keep splintering up the anti-Trump vote, just like it did in
2: 2016's primary. And you're going to end up with Trump running away with it. And a small correction. The poll that I cited was a USA Today poll. There were actually three separate polls, and they all found that RFK Jr. is polling at 20 percent support. Among oh, okay. Democrats. That's still, still.
4: one-fifth. Still. That's yeah, a lot. Exactly.
2: And then yeah. some of those polls, some outliers have him again in the 30s. But nonetheless, high. Yes, that's very right. high. And in a choice, in a binary choice, if that's what they're going to give us again, when there's no other option, and you look at blathering and Joe... And you can agree or disagree with some of the policies. I I think he hasn't done enough for unions, which is something exactly. that RFK Jr. could pick up on mm-hmm. uh, workers' rights. RFK Jr. could pick up on that when it comes to, you know, the environment. I think there's a lot of uh, interesting areas which can be explored. And certainly a war would not be yes. good for the environment. And I know RFK Jr. has has said that he does not want that.
4: Right. And I think that's the crux, again, of Dennis Kucinich coming in as campaign manager on this entire thing, is they're going to go full on anti-war, anti-ramping up uh, the the conflict in Ukraine, uh, pretty much going against whatever Biden administration, whatever they're doing around China. That's going to be, I think, the Kennedy campaign's bread and butter is going full anti-war and basically calling Joe Biden
3: an Iraq war-supporting war hawk. Yeah. not only that, I mean, if you look at it, President Biden, you look at all his policies and then John Kennedy comes up and he gives be, slightly better policies Kennedy, and yeah. he's he,
2: yeah, sorry, I've been saying that. I'm yeah, I keep, it. it's the, all yeah good. Okay.
3: but so he gives slightly better policies. He's younger. He's better. He's slightly more charismatic. He doesn't flood the speech. If he does all that, how is that not more a better candidate for the Democrats?
2: Because I sound like this. Sounds like Susan Collins. But at least he'll be there, you know, at least. That's
3: true. And and again, as I talked before, we don't have that looming threat of if he dies, come on, it's going to be President Harris. That's true. We don't have that threat because we don't know. I mean, has he announced the vice president for his? No,
2: uh, that's very abnormal. Ted Cruz kind of broke the mold with Carly Fiorina on that.
3: Yeah, you usually don't pick. I mean,
4: even Trump didn't pick Pence until he had already gotten the nomination, needed to secure that evangelical vote to get him through the general.
2: All right. Well, let's go back. Speaking of Ron DeSantis and money, Hal Lambert. Hal Lambert. He is the founder of the Texas-based Point Bridge Capital. It manages an investment fund named after Trump's Make America Great Again 2016 campaign slogan. It has now switched from Donnie To DeSantis, Uh, Lambert told the New York Post, I'm in for DeSantis this time. I plan to do a lot to help DeSantis win. So another person to watch out for. This is a mega donor in Lambert. He is the one who was attempting to buy his politician, buy his way into the presidency on the back of Ron DeSantis. The GOP donor, that's again Lambert. He served on Trump's inaugural committee in 2016. And now he has spent many, many nights, evidently, courting Casey. Of course, that is Ron DeSantis' wife. Evidently, he has a history uh, with her and the family, it being that uh, I guess he has done business in the past with the DeSantis. Ah. he says what well, voters who didn't vote for Trump in 2020 are going to vote for him this time based on his performance. I don't think anyone will. So Lambert basically saying that Trump hasn't done himself any favors from 2020. And of course, he lost that election. So looks like DeSantis has found himself a little billionaire on the political sugar daddy.com <laughs> It's just disgusting. I'm a man. I just love this billionaire. He's really sweet to me. He rubs my feet at night. I'm a man. <laughs> Speaking of millions and billions of dollars, this has been a massive blow to Ron DeSantis, Walt Disney, a.k.a. Disney Co. They have scrapped the plans to build nearly a billion-dollar corporate campus in Central Florida. That would have housed 2,000 employees. The fact of the matter is, Ron DeSantis needs to understand Disney is going to be all around longer than America. Disney <laughs> is an institution that can outlast any governor in the state of Florida, <laughs> and because of his bullshit culture war, he has just cost his state two thousand jobs and a billion dollars in new infrastructure. There's no way. This is again why I think he's sinking in the polls. The Disney conflict is simply not helping. I've read articles where they're like, he's going to double down. Well, double down. You're not. This is so stupid. And people just hear you cost 2000 jobs in Disney and building a billion dollar uh, structure in your home state. Uh, Okay, well, then what are you going to do for America? And didn't, didn't uh, Disney end up giving all their rights to,
3: like, Lilibet? So doesn't the British royalty monarchy now own Disney because of what Ron
2: DeSantis, like, how bad he upset them? It could be. The company <laughs> was expected to spend as much as $864 million on a project, according to the Orlando Sentinel. And uh, now that is off the table because Ron got his feelings hurt about them having crosswalks that were painted like rainbow flags i don't i just don't get it
4: yeah well and this is what you're seeing as these culture wars actually again like we've covered on this show go into legislation and policy and and have these weird anti-woke i don't even know if you call them policies but ideas and you have them codified in law this is again i think and we're pointing it out. I think we're going to see it in real time here for the next year or so. As Ron DeSantis, I do believe he is finally going to announce. I know he's been saying, I'm not a candidate yet. I'm not a candidate he's, yet. He's going to be a candidate very soon. And this money, this big money backer, that's probably what he was looking for, right? He just needs the sugar daddy to back him up. Exactly. So he can take it from here. I need but Lambert. I, think- I need Lambert. I have a Lambert now. (laughs) Basically, what is happening is you have these pure uh, economic Republicans, right? Almost like your country club, pro-economy Republicans. The Bill Crystal
2: Republicans.
4: And they're bashing heads with these culture war, anti-woke Republicans, and what the anti-woke culture war Republicans don't understand is that if you want business, which is the rock of a lot of conservative and Republican think tanks, Mm -hmm. a lot of their philosophy, if you want that to stick around, you need to have a good economy that appeals to all people.
2: Disney Parks chief Josh DiAmaro, he said, uh, well, changing business conditions prompted us to reconsider it. He says, given the considerable changes that have occurred since the announcement of this project, which was in 2021, including new leadership and changing business conditions, we have decided to not move forward with the construction of the campus. This was not an easy decision to make, but they do believe it is the right one. Disney CEO Bob Iger has publicly questioned Florida's interest in the company. Um, and again, it's just not going anywhere. Currently, Disney has employed more than seventy-five thousand people in Florida, and wow. attracts, of course, millions of visitors. As a matter of fact, in the last decade, they planned, they invested rather seventeen billion. So, all right, there wow. you go. What an interesting fight it will be for DeSantis as that continues to uh, loom over his presidential campaign. And again, as you said, Travis, I believe he said next week he's going to officially announce. I was right. watching him speak with just voters again. Retail politics Ugh, are so crucial, shit. and he's so bad at it. And he just <laughs> asks. First of all, he's tiny looking. He's short, which oh. isn't bad. It's just weird. No, he's really wide. He's short, wide and, but he's weird. He's like, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's wide and weird. He's wide, wide and weird. He's and like he's just talking to someone. Be like, hey, is that your car out there? How much did that cost? It's like, what do you don't what? What is happening? <laughs> I don't want to talk about how much my car cost to you. Who the fuck? What but is he's he's happening?
4: Lorenzo this pudding. Are you going to eat the rest of the pudding? You, you oh. don't need a spoon. Look at me. Watch this.
3: I'm just, I'm so bothered by that clip in Japan even more now. Why not just take so the opportunity to just do something good for your campaign? Well, I don't know, but maybe when I run, I'd love your vote or, I'd, you know, something. I mean, something, it was something but I'm not a candidate yet.
2: Also, when it comes to the culture war, several states have passed laws that could sentence librarians and book vendors to years in jail if they provide, quote, obscene titles to minors, whatever the hell that means. Right. Uh, So we have this culture war, disgusting nonsense going on. And again, when it comes to book bans, there's no way, in my personal opinion, it's a political winner. Whether you want to uh, not have people incarcerated for bullshit reasons or you're just a rational human being, the idea that librarians are going to go in uh, to jail for selling books. At least seven state legislators have passed these laws over the past two years, with six of them doing so in the last two months. The governors of Idaho and North Dakota actually, interestingly enough, vetoed similar legislation um, around a dozen states have considered more than 20 similar bills this year alone, half, in the, uh, half of them expected to be introduced next year. So they're just going to keep on going after books and librarians and potentially sending innocent people to jail because they let kids read I I don't even the, gender queer or something.
3: You can go on Google and read it. This it is, just doesn't.
2: Reading is not. They want to keep reading is good. Right. I learned to read from Penthouse forums, and dare I say they should be in libraries <laughs> because I didn't put them down. Whatever <laughs> gets. Real, we used to read Goosebumps all the time. Like my teacher, right, my my has right. got you know a big butthole. Like we, I don't I don't want to Catholic <laughs> school, but like R.L. Stein is that not? Uh, they deal with a lot of issues.
3: My issue is just this big hole in the logic of of so a librarian. A library is not the only place you get books. Literally, you can just Google a kid nowadays can do is so well versed in using the Internet that banning a book, a physical book is, is so stupid. It Just to me, it just shows how they're not understanding. They don't even understand their issue. This is just sensationalism. They just they, there want, is no ooh, issue. There they, is no they, issue. Yeah.
2: They just want to scare people. Uh, this is according to Keith Gamble, president of the teachers union in Indiana. Uh, He says it will make sure the only literature students are exposed to fits into a narrow scope of what some people want the world to look like. Uh, They go on to say, this is my 37th year in education. I've never seen anything like this. We are entering a very frightening period. We're not talking about someone who I would consider to be a radical dude. His name is Keith Gamble, who is the head of the teachers union in Indiana. I don't think like I'm not. I'm just going to spitball. Probably not the craziest guy at the party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so with the backdrop of all of these stories and then you have DeSantis and Disney again, it's just freaking exhausting. And again, we'll see how that plays out within the Republican primary. And of course, to some degree, within the Democratic primary as well. But I just think people are tired of this culture war bullshit.
4: Oh, yeah, it reminds me. I saw a clip of a speech from the Democratic Governor of Minnesota. He was making a speech to his full on uh you know the the, the full state house basically, and he made just a very salient point that in other states like Florida, they're banning books but here in Minnesota, we're banning hunger in schools, and those should be the mm-hmm. focuses. provide right school lunches, make sure kids can eat learn. the books. <laughs> Let's <laughs> eat the what? books kids I, I... you gotta
2: eat three books a week <laughs> then by the end of the semester, you won't have any books.
4: I will say, I remember a kid growing up, he ate a lot of paper, and he did quite well in life.
2: (laughs) You know, everyone was through a paper-eating phase. As long as you don't make it to the TV show, uh, my strange addiction, you'll be all right. All right, just lastly, culture war stuff that's super serious, Representative Trisha Cotham. This is the chick that ran as a Democrat, said she wasn't supported enough by Planned Parenthood, even though she was pro-choice, so then she became a Republican because her feelings were so hurt that the Planned Parenthood didn't, I don't know,
4: invite her to a dinner. So bizarre, so bizarre.
2: Long story short, Governor Roy Cooper vetoed a bill that virtually eliminates reproductive rights in the state. However, there was an override of the veto that was able to pass within the state house by a one vote margin of victory. The oh, override really? came courtesy of Representative Trisha Cotham. Oh, she notoriously, notoriously switched parties in April. And this is, again, we talk about like George Santos and yeah, it's fun and he's stupid and and yeah, does he need to be there? No. But this chick literally ran as a pro-choice Democrat Mm -hmm. and then got to office and is now a pro-life Republican and not just in name only, like literally cast the final vote for North Carolina to outlaw for basically to allow forced pregnancy in North Carolina. Um, She lied. She just lied. And now she's still just there and. I'm assuming they're going to carve out the district, so she'll be fine. Right. Man, talk about fucking over the American voter. Just unbelievable. These are huge issues. You don't just lie about that.
3: The, the, right. I, I, there's a disconnect because I thought when there are representatives, they're supposed to vote how their constituents want them to vote, not how sure. they personally. Well, there's,
2: two different, there's two different kinds of opinions on
3: that. But yes. But well, my opinion is that if I elect you, Ben, Mm. I want you to vote what I elected you for. And I don't care about your personal opinion. I want you to vote what all of us
2: are agreeing that we want you to vote. for. And the macro of that looked no further than Joe Biden, who is personally pro-life and he's voted pro-choice his entire career. Great point. Thank you for pointing that out. So, uh, yes, according to all the reports, Cotham is upset that Planned Parenthood didn't endorse her.
4: That's despite her
2: self-described very powerful speech. She
4: still
2: speech. won. She still <laughs> I know. But she said she, didn't need it. she said she gave a quote a very powerful speech on abortion rights during her campaign and she really wanted the endorsement, but she didn't get it. And so because of that, uh, she has now completely flipped on her constituents and made North Carolina look more like South Carolina every single day. It's... Well, I, I'm sure plan. Sure. Planned Parenthood will endorse her now. Yeah, you know, that, that'll
4: do it. Sure. Yeah, Good it's three.
2: just unbelievable. And I feel it's horrible like a for mean the people. Girls
4: move. It yeah, really truly. is.
2: It really is. It doesn't bode well for uh, people uh, who might think certain genders are too emotional. But then again, you know, John Boehner cried every single day. So,
4: yeah, he these cried politicians at the are the, yeah.
2: at the State of the Union speech. These politicians are very emotional. It's just that's the worst kind of emotion when you literally change a key tenant mm-hmm. of your political platform because someone didn't say hello to you at the party. Mm, all right. well,
4: if you don't know, now you know. In the words of Diane Feinstein.
2: Well, we'll wrap this episode <laughs> up. Next episode, we'll also talk about TikTok. It's uh, Montana wants to ban it. Just enough. Stop banning books. Stop banning things. You don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. All right, everyone. Well, there you go. A little update on who's who, who's funding what. And uh, just the overall insanity. Put on your dress. Channel your inner morning news correspondent. Have a good time. Don't don't piss on the uh, tights, I uh, guess. Okay, everyone. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon.
3: This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.